Welcome to episode 78 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who successfully navigated the concrete jungle known as Cincinnati, Ohio, John Scott Sloat. Doc, what's happening? A lot, a lot. I'm getting ready to uh, head out on vacation. Nice, tomorrow. nice. Where are you headed? We are headed to Colorado. Oh, nice. Rocky Mountain High. Yeah, a little so, hiking. Yeah, we'll get some hiking in and uh, seeing the in-laws, so that'll be good. Very nice, very nice. Yes, yes, indeed. So looking forward to that. Um, what about you? What's been going on with you? Uh, prepping to travel. So I go on the road for the first time in uh, – Pandemic world 2.0, you know, and yeah. uh, and uh, hit some youth conferences across Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Indiana. So that'll be the next two weeks of life on the uh, recruiting trail. Yeah, that starts like the seventh or eighth of uh, yeah of July. But yeah, okay, yeah, it's coming. You Do got you... big plans for the fourth coming up here? Uh, my parents are in town. Uh, so they Scott are and Celeste. Scott and Celeste, lovely people. Uh, yeah, they're they're doing that classic move at sixty from Tampa to Indiana. Very countercultural. Yes, with them. yes, and uh, <laughs> so I think they're doing some house shopping while they're here as well. So okay, okay. Well, glad glad that you're going to get to see them, and hopefully that works out well for them. Yeah, and they, they I asked them yesterday. I was like, "What food do you want?" They just went, "Oh, just barbecue every day." I went, Okay, I can do that. Yes, you you and the smoker will be uh, spending lots of time together. I have the technology. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. So uh, if you as listeners would like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. We've had a, a little bit more chatter on Twitter last uh, last week, which was good. Yeah, the Gray Mamba. Yes, the Gray Mamba. Confess Shout out. Confessing sin on there. <laughs> well, we are a full service podcast yeah. here. So indeed. Uh you can find us on Twitter at VNS Pod. You can email the show various and sundry podcast at gmail.com. And we do have a Facebook page. And I, I, I was realizing this morning, like, I guess I just need to take that over because you can't access it anymore. No, no. And I have no desire to access it anymore. <laughs> okay. It's been just a wonderful. Now, I will say, I don't know what's going on in the world. Of, of people's lives like, oh, so-and-so had a baby. I had no idea. You know, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. And yeah. It's okay. a, what a wonderful life it is. But you can find us on Facebook. And so I'll, I'll, I'll try to do better here. Yeah. You know, I feel like uh, I need to start calling it The Facebook. The Facebook. Because yeah. I'm, I'm not on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And we are available on YouTube as well. You can find us, Various and Sundry Podcasts. We would love for you to leave us a rating and review, a five-star rating, of course, only, and uh, on whatever uh, podcast platform you access the show. So we'd appreciate that. Let's jump right into uh, the world of sports. So what's going on, John? Uh, well, NBA playoffs are underway. I'm not sure we've had any series end, really, since our last. No. So we're recording on Tuesday morning, and this episode will release later today. Mm -hmm. So we've got... Uh, Suns lead the Clippers 3-2. The Suns had a chance to close it out last night and failed uh, at home in Phoenix. Like uh, the Clippers are just hard to kill off. They get down in these 2-0 holes and now they're down th they were down 3-1 and they they just seem to be hard to eliminate. But uh, and I think part of that too is just Phoenix is a young team. They're still like they they didn't make the playoffs last year. So you got a lot of guys who just besides Chris Paul who mm -hmm. who just, just aren't experienced. Aren't experienced. Yeah. 
And so it's uh, yeah. Let, let me ask you this: Is Paul George having a good playoffs? I think so. <laughs> he had forty-one points last night. Yeah. 15 of 20? I mean, that feels like a really good night. Yeah, he's putting up numbers. I think, um, I mean, he missed a couple free throws late in game four that were pretty costly. Mm -hmm. But I, I I think I mentioned this in an episode before, two episodes before. I think what we're learning here is Paul George is a pretty good Batman. He's not a very good Robin. Okay, meaning meaning he's good with the ball in his hand, but well, he's not good playing second fiddle to Kawhi. He's got to be the guy yeah. on the team, and he's not with Kawhi. Kawhi's mm-hmm. the better player. Absolutely, yeah. And so I, I think he just kind of struggles to fit into that number two spot. Uh, but when Kawhi's hurt and out, suddenly he he looks like a different player. He looks more assertive. He looks more comfortable. And it just it just raises the question of if the chemistry there is going to work, you know, like if that chemistry with Kawhi and Paul George will yeah. actually work to win a championship. Do they blow it up after this year? Do you think? Um, I doubt it. I doubt it. I think they're probably. I mean, they're in the conference finals now, and Kawhi's hurt. So if they if they get eliminated, the the it's the, understandable. It's going to be well. Kawhi was hurt. So I, I think they'll keep that in place. I mean, they, they might tinker with the edges. Yeah. It seemed like earlier in the playoffs, this narrative was emerging about, mm, Paul George can't win the big game, can't play with, can't play well with others, sort, sort of, mm-hmm. sorts of things. And now all of a sudden he's putting up these uh, phenomenal, phenomenal numbers. Um, yeah. And that, that's, you know, it just seems like the narrative is spun a little bit. And I can't tell whether he's having a good series, whether he's having a good playoffs this year or not. Well, the numbers would say he's having a great a great playoffs, I think. Since Kawhi was hurt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see here. Uh, and then on the other series, I just the, – the difference in, in quality of basketball to me between these two series is pretty striking. Mm-hmm. I enjoy watching Suns and, and uh, Clippers. What – what I don't enjoy, like the the Bucks Hawks, I just I'm not enjoying that series as much. Other than it's fun to watch Trey Young start to blow up and well, and he got hurt though. That's yes, that's the big question. He, he rolled an ankle, and so we're we're curious if he's coming back. Yeah, I think he'll play. What at what level remains mm-hmm. to be seen? Yeah, but, no, that's a that's a good question. Um, yeah. So, and then playoff. Uh, uh, sorry, not playoffs. Uh, Major League Baseball. What's going on with with, with your Mets here? <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> it's been. A, we're still in first place by three games. Uh, we ran into the Nationals, okay, yesterday, and it was a makeup game, so it's just sort of a one-off. But we mm-hmm. have you been paying attention to Kyle Schwarber? No, of the Nationals. No. So Kyle Schwarber was uh, on the Cubs World Series team, right? I mean, was familiar was a, with the name? Yep. Yep. Was it was a good, uh, not a good defensive outfielder, but a great offensive talent? Yep. Last year they just let him go. Didn't didn't even, I don't believe they made him a qualifying offer. They just mm-hmm. let him go because he wasn't playing very well. Well, he bet on himself. Took a one year deal with the Nationals. He had something like he's he's at right now in June, sixteen home runs in the month of June. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think he hit two or three last night. Um and uh, and they said home runs haven't been hit like that since Sammy Sosa. Did it in ninety? What was ninety seven, ninety eight? Yeah, um, I think so. And he's just—I mean, just knocking the cover off the ball. I mean, just hitting every like there was a pitch in on like his chin, 
and he hit the foul pole with it. Like I mean, I mean that's that's the sort of series or sort of month he's having. Okay, and he's willing them to victory basically. Any bet on himself, he's going to get a monster contract yeah. in the offseason this year, and he, he probably deserves it. Yeah, are, are there whispers that he's juicing? I mean, not that not that I'm aware of. Okay, um, yeah. Um, the the other news is the spider tax stuff and and yeah. all these things. It's that yeah. that's a fun narrative to to play around yeah. with. Yeah, I think that'll come up in our. We'll mention that'll come up in our uh, one of our segments later in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So baseball. Uh, how far before the All Star break are we? Oh, I think we're like a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Okay. We're not far now. Okay. Gotcha. Because it's not exactly halfway anymore. Like it's it, isn't there a little bit more in the front half before the All Star? So. I think so, game? but it's still considered like the halfway sure. point of the season, sure, for all intents and purposes. Okay, gotcha. Well, let's move on to our uh, discussion of this week's segment of the of Jesus, the Great Philosopher. That's a book that we've been working through with Jonathan Pennington, and we finished the last two chapters today. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at the uh, subject matter, it, it's it's kind of a concluding he, – he entitles this section, Being Human and Happy. So, uh, so John, what were some of the things that maybe caught your attention as you read through that? Well, it's, it's broken up into two chapters, kind of like the rest of them. Like here's philosophy, uh, secular philosophy really talking about this and here's – the second chapter is really Christianity's answer mm-hmm. uh, uh, to those things. Um, and he, he kind of goes through in his first chapter and uh, connects uh, secular philosophy to really a philosophy of being happy. Mm-hmm. That That is what this is uh, – that's what philosophy is ultimately about. Yeah. Um, it, it is about making flourishing humans that are happy. OK. Um, yeah. I, I think in that discussion, one of his more helpful – uh, aspects is on on one eighty nine is he uh, he makes an, an important connection between happiness and meaningfulness. Mm-hmm. In other words, that that sometimes our culture just thinks of happiness in connection with favorable circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my job's going well, my relationships are great, I'm financially comfortable, like. The, all the circumstances around you, and you think that's happiness, and and part of what Pennington shows is that even within the philosophical tradition, happiness is much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in a life that has meaning and significance and, and purpose, purpose. Yep, that it's not just an accumulation of stuff or favorable circumstances, and I think that's an uh, that's a helpful touch point with our culture. That there's an entry point that we can enter into and say, true happiness isn't found in circumstances or possessions or those sorts of things. It, it it comes from a sense of meaning and purpose, and then that raises the question: So where do you find it? Where do you find meaning and purpose? Yeah, yeah. that's and, a, and that's the central question. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I, I found that that distinction, uh, not not distinction, but that connection, uh, helpful. Well, and I I think it'd be hard to. Hard to think of stories that – I mean every pastor has told a story of some kind or another where, where people are like, I have everything in the world I want. Mm-hmm. I'm still deeply unhappy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean one of the more recent ones I think I remember hearing was the Tom Brady, not after the most recent Super Bowl but the previous one, like okay. number five or whatever that was. On well, the first hand. Yeah. Yeah. When he um, 
when he won that, I think he was interviewed on 60 Minutes. And I think he made some comment to the effect of after winning it, basically saying, is this it? Yeah. Like is he, this the mountaintop? Like he had reached the <laughs> pinnacle in terms of his NFL career in that sense of he had now won more Super Bowls than any quarterback, You know, more or less cementing his position as the greatest quarterback in NFL history, sure. as much as it pains me to say that. And um, and yeah, there was there was at least a, a, an acknowledgement of this wasn't everything that I had hoped. And, and you know, you think about a guy like Tom Brady. On the surface, he's got everything, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's got the you know elite success in in a high uh, profile professional sport. He has a supermodel wife. Mm-hmm. They have more wealth. I mean. She makes more money than he does. Yeah, yeah. He's, she's worth more than he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he's not a poor man. And and so and even with that, they've got a couple. They have they have a kid or two. I, I believe two. Um, he started his own uh, health and wellness company called TB12. Yeah, you know, and, and basically the idea is, I'm playing football into my 40s. Yeah, come do what I do. Yeah, and and yet there's still this recognition of. Is this really it? Is, yeah. is, is this all there is? Mm-hmm. Is there more available in, in life? And uh, I think that that sense of finding meaning and purpose, that has to transcend even what the world looks at and goes, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I could – You know, there's plenty of people who are like, I'd love to have Tom Brady's life. And to hear Tom Brady say, yeah – but there could be more to this, right? Like this, this isn't everything, is it? Yeah. Like, it's got to be more than this. I think is a helpful reminder. Um, and I, in his last chapter, he Pennington talks about the reality of Christianity as a whole life philosophy and God's intention for us to have a whole and meaningful life. Mm-hmm. And of course, that has to be defined biblically and carefully. And Pennington does a good job of of making clear that well, that doesn't preclude suffering. This, he's not a prosperity gospel advocate here. Where it's like, yeah, if you just follow Jesus, your life is going to be easy and simple and and prosperous in the financial sense and in the worldly sense. Sure, and he he, he points to Jesus as the ultimate flourishing human, the ultimate yeah. whole human being. Right, uh, and and uh, Jesus. Suffered, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, had deep loss, uh, cried, um, mm-hmm. o- you know, o- often, and, and this is part of of flourishing. Yeah, a- experiencing some of those things, and it, it reminds it it reminds me of uh, of a Tim Keller uh, illustration where he he would say like, if I told you there was an individual who had all the wealth in the world, um, and his parents used their wealth to uh, never allow him to suffer, struggle. Or, or have anything difficult happen to him, you look at that person and go, oh, my goodness, when suffering does come, he's not going to be ready for anything. Yeah. You probably raised an entitled brat is what you've yes. done. <laughs> yes. Um, that, ha- that, that will, will fall over at the first, uh, yeah. at the first um, yeah. roadblock, you know. Sure. Um, and, uh, and that's part of flourishing is mm-hmm. something that pushes back against us, you know, yep. to, to something to persevere through. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and I think another takeaway I've had from this is it's just a, another angle on the – there are certain strains of Christianity that are so focused on um, – well, it, it's it's just about getting people into heaven, 
getting yeah. people's souls saved and making sure their mm-hmm. eternal destiny is locked in. And and obviously, I mean that's foundational. I mean that, that sure. that's yeah. essential. But sometimes the way we talk about Christianity can give the impression of uh, that's all it really offers. Mm-hmm. It's it's eternal fire insurance, and then it's just sort of hang on, grit your teeth and hang on and try to survive until you get there, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that Christianity has so much more to offer. The gospel has so much more to offer in terms of thinking about how we live in this world, how we live as image bearers, and how we experience uh, God's presence and delight in this life, not just sort of holding on until the next kind mm-hmm. of thing. So this is a, another angle at that, I think, that, that Pennington helpfully raises and, and addresses there. Oh, so, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so anything else on those two chapters? I don't, I don't think so. I just want to let our listeners know that, that next week uh, we'll be playing our interview. Yes, uh, with uh, with Dr. Pennington. Yes, and it was a ton of fun, yeah, and it was. Uh, it was it was a really good, really good interview. And I'm looking forward to yeah. And to if you want to find there. out what the what what the best coffee shops in Louisville are, you'll yeah. want to tune into that. Way so. to pronounce the city right there. It's not I, Louisville. Well, I've had enough experience. I mean, T4G has been there oh, yeah. for since 2006, and so Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. There's a mumble in it. Mm-hmm. It's like something's fallen out of your mouth. That's how you get Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. In any case. um, So you'll want to be paying attention for that to drop next Tuesday, July 6th is when that episode will drop. And you'll you'll want to make sure you pay attention for that. So let's get to our main topic today, John. What are we talking about? Uh, you and I had a road trip recently. Road trip? Yep. Yeah, we we went to the uh, thriving metropolis of Cincinnati, Ohio. We did. Uh, do you want Do you want to say what that what that trip was about? The, the primary purpose of that trip, other than content fodder for our podcast? Yeah, yeah. So um, we had the privilege of going with uh, someone else here at Grace to visit a a friend of the institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, just really enjoyed the opportunity to get to see this this uh, this friend of the institution, and it's it's somebody that you and I are are friends with, personal right? friends. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we don't see that regularly because I live in Cincinnati. Yeah, um, but that's why you and I got to go. We don't normally do <laughs> no no trips no, to visit no, no. friends of the institution. No, <laughs> we're really not brought in for those purposes, which is fine. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm everybody, good. Everybody has their lane. I'm you know? good with staying in my lane. <laughs> But, I mean, if we had had the technology, we would have recorded while on the road. Yep. Yep, we would have. But we don't. We don't. We don't. Or we didn't take the time to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, maybe we did, but who knows? Um, In any case, so we thought it would be – we would want to invite our listeners along for the ride Mm -hmm. as we just sort of recount this trip. So – how do we start, John? What was our first stop? Well, well, Cincinnati is about four hours from Grace. Yeah. For, first of all, um, and we, you can either go down through, you can either go down through Indianapolis uh, to get there from mm-hmm. here, or you can go uh, sort of through the cornfields of Ohio. Yeah. And we chose cornfields. Yes. Uh, mostly because we didn't want to deal with Indianapolis traffic. Yes. But so we the, stopped somewhere before. Right. Well, we were headed east. Yes. Then immediately we yes. stopped at uh, at my house, uh, yes. which is about. 
20 minutes from campus here. Yes, the palatial estate, the mm-hmm. Sloat house, the, ho- yes. the Sloat homestead. The yes. homestead, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sloat Manor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and uh, we did a grass check. Yes. Now, reflections on the grass. Uh, it's 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 off to a good, strong, healthy start. It needs a few years, doesn't it, to, yeah, to really I mean, get established? Uh, unless you're going to cheat by by just trucking in turf and laying it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a multi-year process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the that, soil that you have is not the most conducive to growing grass. Well, and here's the issue with grass growing in Indiana. I've talked to other homeowners about this. When they build the house, they take all the topsoil away and sell it. And they make a good bit of money on that. Interesting. Yes. And so then you have just this useless clay yeah. underneath it. And then they come in with their trucks and their bulldozers it and, it all up. and basically compact it down. So, so it's near impossible for roots and even sometimes water yeah. to, to get down in there. So um, so we're, we're trucking through and clay t- can turn into topsoil, but it takes three to five years. Yeah. So we're working on it. Yeah. You had an elaborate uh, sprinkler system set up. You don't have an in-ground system. You had an elaborate sprinkler system. So. Yeah, I have hoses running all over the place as yeah. well as Wi-Fi connected uh, <laughs> a device so I can turn on my sprinklers from my phone. Yeah. They turn on automatically based of on course. the weather outside, um, all sorts of things. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, a couple trees in the backyard. Yep, planted a couple trees, got a weeping cherry and a, and a red maple. So Yes, yeah. So uh, – We'll have to throw up a picture on social media. Yeah, so I believe can, I believe it's on your phone. So, I did take uh, it. Yeah, so we can throw that up probably this afternoon, this evening, yeah, tomorrow. We'll, we'll get yeah, that, we'll get get that up there. So, uh, so we stopped there briefly, you know, just to to do the check, and mm-hmm. then on the road into the great state of Ohio, and then heading south towards Cincinnati. Yep, yep. Um, great conversation along the way. Yeah, um, yeah. You, I mean, the genesis of this podcast is you and I being able to just talk about just about anything. Yeah. All the time. So uh, <laughs> that's that's what we did for, I think, the whole way there. I don't think we even turned on the radio once. No, no, no music, no podcasts. Um, but uh, as we were getting close to our initial destination, we got a surprise phone call. Uh, y- yes. Or actually a text we and got a FaceTime. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Nate in Ohio uh, text both of us. Yeah. Uh, and then heard we were together and right. FaceTimed us immediately. yes. yes. While we were following our friend of the campus into the city of Cincinnati, yes, which was a little scary, yeah, you know, you know, it was quite a uh, lot, a lot of traffic. Yeah, absolutely. Day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it was heavy traffic, and so I, I was managing the technology piece. You were mm-hmm. faithfully navigating us through uh, the streets and the roads of, of the Cincinnati area, and uh, Nate from Ohio. Mm-hmm. chimed in to let us know that he hit a hole in one. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Nate in Ohio. However. However. <laughs> he was playing by himself. <laughs> so he has no witnesses. Yeah. I think he said it was about an eight iron from like 170. Yeah, so that's a good eight iron. That's a good, yeah. solid, clean eight iron. And uh, – Apparently, he also, because of the way the pin is located, he didn't actually get to see it go in. Yeah, he went so, up there and found it. Yes. Yes, indeed. So uh, I'm going to go on record and say I believe Nate in Ohio. Yeah, I, I believe Nate in Ohio as well. But uh, I know he is a little disappointed that he had no one to yep. 
to witness that, but a memorable experience for him that he felt the need to share with us, which we were grateful. Yeah, you know, that's great. Glad that we could celebrate and join in his. And it was a good story. laugh after a long car drive. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. We laughed quite a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so we finally did make it into the Cincinnati. We had stopped at the uh, at the friend's house and saw his lovely wife mm-hmm. um, and saw their new home. They've only been there for a year. And so nice to see that. And then we followed him down into the city to go to his office building. Now, I had been there before, but you had not I been had there. I had not. Right? What were you expecting? Well, I think you had showed me pictures of the okay. view okay. from his office. So just for, for context, he's in a uh, very tall building. I don't know if I want to call it a skyscraper. I, I'd yeah. call it that. Okay, yeah. skyscraper. He's on the what, 27th floor, 28th floor. Somewhere something, in there. Something yeah. like that. Uh, with a corner office uh, yeah. that overlooks uh, the downtown part of the city and uh, Great American Ballpark. Yeah, it looks overlooks the Ohio River, and you can see uh, Great American Ballpark where the Reds play. And then if you walk down a little further, not in his office, but on his floor, you can see Paul Brown Stadium where the, the Bengals play. Yeah, well. and I mean it's close enough that you can see the the light up scoreboard and see what's going on very clearly. Oh yeah. Office. So yeah. I mean it's right there. It was pretty it awesome. It is. It is. So um had a great chat with this friend about things that are going on at Grace, the different programs the seminaries involved mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. um just some of the exciting things and uh that was fun just to uh to to be able to tell him about it and to see his own excitement about some of the different initiatives that we've got going. Yeah, and he did not know <laughs> several of the things we told him. Yeah, uh, that were that were happening. So that was exciting. Yeah, and it, and and in fairness, it's just there's a lot happening in the seminary. Oh yeah, where um, new initiatives, uh, some grant money coming in, and things like that. That it's it's fun to be able to share these things with with friends of the institution and see them uh, get excited about uh, what they're a part of because people like this friend participate in the institution and help mm-hmm. make these things possible. So uh, grateful for that. But so we chatted there for a while. Uh, he he uh, kind of showed us some of the some of his baseball memorabilia as oh, well. Oh yeah. And then we uh, headed off for dinner. Mm-hmm. We went to uh, the famous uh, Montgomery Inn. Yeah. Uh, barbecue. Yeah. Uh, which we could see from his office all you know, ultimately drove yep. over there, and uh, they're famous for I think their barbecue sauce more than anything. Yeah, but uh, but their ribs, yep. uh, which you and I both have, which we also have pictures of. Yeah, yeah, good ribs, and um, they that that place is located right on the Ohio River, and so we sat on like a a balcony or deck section that was yep. overlooking the Ohio River, so which was nice. Good food, and then we. Headed off to the ball game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, his company has tickets at uh, at the Reds, and so we uh, took in a game with him and his family, and all, all his kids went to Grace. So yes. we we knew all of them and got to hang out with them, and that was just a great, great time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. And um, the seats were all right. <laughs> um, yeah, we were. We were. Let's just say there was no one in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Third baseline. Third baseline. First row. Mm-hmm. Directly behind the visiting dugout. And where they would come out to go bat, basically. Like like the 
the steps up onto the field. Yeah, we're, we're right in front of us. So like when uh, they were playing the Braves, so when Pablo Sandoval. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. The, had no idea he was still in the league. Yep. Uh, How old came, is he like? I imagine he's late 30s. Okay. It, fe- it feels like he's got to be older. Mid, but... mid to late 30s. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when he came up to bat, um, we were the first ones to see him and we went, oh my goodness. And kind of the crowd got a you know, rumble a little bit because he was coming up to bat because he's so yeah. famous um, right? for coming into the league at the same time the Kung Fu Panda movie uh, came out. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, we'll throw some pictures up on mm-hmm. on, on social from, from this experience. Um, but uh, this family, like they're hardcore Reds fans. They are, yeah. They're not just casual like, yeah, we enjoy going to the ball game like – Every Reds player that got up, they were basically telling us, yeah, he's having a good year or he's not having a good year or, yeah, we were here, you know, a week ago and he had three RBIs in this game. Like, like They knew their stuff. They knew their mm-hmm. stuff, uh, which was which was impressive. And so um, – and a relatively nice night for baseball. A little humid but no rain and not like – Yeah, and when the sun went down a little bit, it cooled off. It was quite nice. Yeah. It was quite nice. Um, and in an overall, very, very good game. Uh, because we were behind the Braves dugout, uh, there was just a ton of Braves fans around us. But for the most part, everybody was very, uh, very kind and very uh, sociable. I think that's fair. Um, there was one guy toward the end of the game that was a little raunchy in some of his comments. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, vulgar uh, yeah. beyond – yeah. Like here's the thing. I think – when I go to a baseball game and I sit like out in the outfield stands or the bleachers, mm-hmm. I expect, unfortunately, that kind of uh, yeah atmosphere. Absolutely, I didn't expect it as much. And, and thankfully, there was one guy, and he didn't really start in until like the eighth or the ninth inning, mm-hmm. uh, when clearly the 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 beer had worked its way through his system and got uh, incredibly vulgar. Um, so that was. Unfortunate, but there was also another Braves fan there. Yeah, yeah. So there was this guy who was seemingly on his own. I I don't know that he had anybody with him, but he was uh, one of these guys that sat there and kept kept a baseball score sheet. Have have you seen these with like the little diamonds on them and, and you can annotate like, you know, oh, what was the count in the third inning last time? so-and-so is at the plate, you know. So he was down there doing this. He was pretty consistently trying to get autographs uh, early in the game from players, trying to get baseballs from the security guy that was right there. Yep. Um, But he was a – we didn't talk to him, but he was a chipper fella. Yes. Um, He was enthusiastic, I'd say. He was very enthusiastic. And uh, and the Reds built a lead throughout the game. Yeah. So I can't remember the score, but they were up probably – Three or four runs. I think they got up four one in like the after like the seventh inning, and, and then the Braves started getting some traffic on the bases. Yeah, uh, and you know the Braves fans started to get a little more, a little bit more vocal. Yeah, uh, and this guy started doing the classic Braves chant. Yes, um, the tomahawk, uh, tomahawk sounds. Yeah, um, yeah. However, no one joined him. <laughs> yes. It was just him. But he kept going and going and going. And we're all 
dying because it, yeah. it's just so funny because he just keeps going. And and I am – I was at the end of our group and I was sitting next to Braves fans. Yeah. And they're just dying just like he's yeah. willing them to victory. Right. He's willing them to victory. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, we, were, we were having a very good laugh about yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I uh, tried to surreptitiously – capture this mm-hmm. on on video and I, and I was successful so I'm going to try to obviously you won't see the video but the audio is really what's important anyway so I'm, I'm going to see if I can manage to to play this so our listeners can hear this well yeah we've never attempted and we've this never attempted this before so we'll see if this actually but this will give you a flavor hopefully That went on for, for probably 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And there was like <laughs> nobody joining him, even though we were around Braves fans. Like I think we were in a section where there were probably some like friends of players, sure. maybe some family because um, there was a decent number of Braves fans. But um, this guy did that for the entirety of the eighth inning while the Braves were batting. Yep. And then again in the ninth. Mm-hmm. And – it was crazy because the Braves were rallying. And so we're just kind of looking at each other like, I don't believe in superstitious <laughs> stuff like this, but it's working. Uh, and even the Braves fans sitting next to yes. you were kind of rolling their eyes and laughing like, I can't believe this. Like, <laughs> And they, they were – I mean the phrase came out of their mouths. He is willing them to victory. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was a, a, a fun little uh, wrinkle to, to the experience. But um, fabulous seats. Even better conversation with this family um, and they're just a a great godly family, Um, just love what God has done in their lives Mm -hmm. and and so just good to to catch up with them. Um, So then uh, the Reds did pull it out. Yep, they did win. Good entertaining game. Mm -hmm. I think the final was 5-3. So enough to keep it interesting but uh, after that, headed back to our Airbnb Across the river in Covington, yep, Kentucky. That was that was a nice place. Yeah, yeah. Did the trick. It did. It did. I felt bad that you got the couch. Oh my goodness, that pullout sofa was miserable. Yeah, sorry about that. It was a uh, no, no, no. I I fell on the sword there. I, I knew that going in, <laughs> but it was just one of the bars in the back. And, yeah, yeah. Not not restful sleep for yep. sure. Yep. And then we headed off to uh, downtown Cincinnati to grab some coffee and maybe a little light breakfast based on a recommendation by this family. Yep. Coffee Emporium. It was really good. We did a little work there yep. and uh, and then came back. Yeah. The uh, um, the Coffee Emporium place was good. I like the atmosphere. It's a nice. Uh, nice uh, yeah. Industrial warehouse sort yeah. of feel. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good coffee there. And so – and then uh, – on the way back, we listened to a podcast. We can't talk about it, but we listened to a podcast. Yeah. Almost yeah. The, whole, the whole way back. Uh, pretty close. We barely talked. We, we mostly just listened to this and then broke down the episode afterward yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Jaw-dropping stuff in there. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but again, I think that the, the big highlight was obviously just catching up with that family and um, being able to share with them what, what God's doing at Grace and, and – Express our gratitude for their involvement in it, and the ba- the Braves fan. That was the other. That was, that was the, the other, other yeah. highlight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, what what an event! Well, like just to get into the headspace of that guy. Like, what, what must his life be like? You know, you just kind of wonder. Like, yeah, 
Okay. Like you you know, is he a local that just happens to love the Braves and like or does he travel around and kind of follow the team around to any degree? Like, yeah. Those are questions I'll never have the answer to. I mean he to. was keeping yeah. he was tr- doing the old keeping score traditionally, you know, if you know oh, baseball, yeah. like every at bat tracking it, right? I mean, it was it, it was impressive. Devotion to the to the to the utmost there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of devotion to the utmost, we need to find us an athlete for episode seventy-eight. Yeah, with number uh, with number seventy-eight. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll list them off here. Uh, Anthony Munoz. 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 Yeah, uh, I know this one. He's a offensive lineman. Yes, he's a, a famous, I believe, cent tackle center tackle tackle left tackle for the Bengals. Um, I think his son played center maybe for the University of Tennessee. Yeah, his son. Uh, did he, to, he maybe went to Tennessee. Uh, Anthony Munoz went to uh, USC and mm. played for the Bengals for what thirteen years, something like that. Was a consistent All Pro, left tackle, Hall of Famer kind of guy. Um, all right, uh, Art Shell. You familiar with him? I'm not. No. Okay. Uh, played for the Raiders uh, as a tackle, and then was a coach uh, for the Raiders as well. Um. So, and I, I can't remember. The, I think he was one of the first African American coaches hmm. in the NFL, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on maybe if he was the first or one of the first okay. African American coaches in the NFL. Um, Bruce Smith. You've heard that name. Yes. Okay. Yes. Legendary uh, defensive end for the Bills. Played at the with the Redskins at the end of his career, but hmm. um, he's one of the top uh, I don't know if he holds the record for number of sacks but he's up there in like the top two or three okay and then you got a Ohio State player for it yeah so Corey Stringer was an offensive uh, tackle from 92 to 94 uh, and then played in the NFL with the Vikings but died in 2001 during Vikings camp of heat stroke hmm. I don't know if you remember that you would have been well, what, like 12 um, 10 I would have been uh, 12, 13. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, tragic. And I think there might have even been, as a result, some changes in NFL policy about yeah, that summer does, workouts. That does and, sound familiar. You know, yeah. That kind of stuff. So, hmm. all right. You got a preference here? I'm probably Munoz or Bruce Smith would probably be my, my leanings. I there. agree. So, you feeling offense or defense here? That's really what we're down to. Yeah, and offense or defensive line yeah. at, at that. Yeah, we're still um, in the 70s, so we're kind of locked oh, in there. Oh, goodness. Uh, let's go Let's go defense. Okay, I agree. Bruce Smith it is. Bruce Smith. All right. One thing you liked? Well, a few – goodness, probably a month ago now, I was contacted by uh, one of our former students, uh, Ryan – I think he's in Virginia now. Um, but, uh, but he had been on staff with – uh, with a crew at U of M. Um, and some of their, he said, some of their students wanted to know about church history and felt like they knew nothing. Uh, so he had them reach out to me and I've been Zooming with them once a week this summer to talk church history on Tuesday evenings. And that's been a, nice. that's been a blast. That's been nice. a lot of fun. You are their church history guru. The guru, yes. And they're like taking notes while I speak. Wow. I'm okay. like, I know you're college students, all, <laughs> all engineering students, but like, yeah. But that's the engineering personality type, right? Yeah, a, I mean, l- a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which we're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Right. We need those people. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, for me, we had an egress window installed in our basement. So you our, can escape. Yes. Yes. So we can safely escape in the event of fire. And it has transformed that 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 room that it's in. It was in my <clears throat> older son's former bedroom in there. And so put the egress window in and uh, we've painted the room. So it looks like a completely different uh, space now. So uh, a fun little home improvement project. Shouldn't say little. It's not little when you cut a massive hole in your foundation and and do that. But fun to watch the process. You know, they, really? Well, you know, they have the excavator to dig out the area and then the special saw that cuts the the hole and hmm. just, you know I'm, I'm fascinated by those things because I have no abilities in those areas and so it is fascinating to me to watch that kind of thing. Yeah, it gets back to the old Seinfeld uh, joke that men like to be around work yes. being done. You know? Yeah, and this was kind of fun. So the it was it's a father and son team that that own the business, and I was talking with the dad and. He was saying that his uh, extended family was in the building moving business. Oh, that's your family business. Which was what my grandfather. Hmm. And so I asked him if he knew of my grandfather and he said, I've heard the name because my Wild. grandfather was was big in, in, the, in moving buildings in the northwest Ohio, northeast Indiana. He was more located in the uh, kind of north central Indiana and northwest Indiana, but they had he had heard of them. So just kind of a, like you don't meet many building movers. Yeah. It's kind of a niche. That's it's very niche. Industry. Yeah. <laughs> so in any case, that's my one thing I liked. So we have talked NBA playoffs. We've talked Jesus the Great Philosopher. And a reminder, next episode, we have our interview with Jonathan Pennington. You will not want to miss that. Yep. Even if you haven't read the book, it'll be incredibly it's, helpful. It's worth your time. It's Absolutely. worth your time. So don't don't miss out. We've talked road trip, our first ever various and sundry podcast road trip. Yep, which was a lot of fun. We've talked about Bruce Smith, the dominant Bills defensive end. We've talked about your side hustle of being a church history. That's guru. right. That's right. Side hustle with no pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about uh, egress windows. So I think by definition. Uh, We've covered our various and sundry topics, and we're ready to call Mission Accomplished? Yep. Okay. So all that's left to say at this point is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.